please be seated. I'm going to pose a question to you tonight. Actually, it's a question to all of us, me included. And it's a question that was posed by um, Debbie Thomas in a beautiful essay that she wrote about this gospel reading <clears throat> that we're considering tonight on Maundy Thursday. And it's this, her question is a question that's been haunting me um, ever since I read it. And this is what it is. If you knew you were about to die, what would you tell the people who you love? And I would add another layer to her question. I would say, if you knew on the night before your death that you were leaving behind the people that meant the most to you in this world, in this brief journey that we all have on this earth, what would you do for them? And I guess these questions haunt me because I wonder what kind of mental and emotional state um, that I'll be in the night before I die. Um, I surely don't know if I'll even know the night before I die, but will I be awake and cognitively sharp? Will I be able to say what's in my heart to my loved ones near the end? I mean, that could be tonight, right? I hope not, but the reality is that none of us knows the hour or the day that we will take our last breath. And this knowledge, which is really an strange kind of a knowledge because it's an unknowing it adds meaning and urgency not anxiety to my life every day even the most mundane routine day that I am alive is loaded with possibility the possibility of showing the people that I love just how much I love them every day is full of potential. And that is why this may be my favorite verse in all of the Gospels. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now I know that, that the other verse from John that is often called the Gospel in a nutshell for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life is important and it does catch a very important part of the gospel message. But this one speaks more quietly and more poignantly to me. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And this is not a statement about belief, at least not about belief as we tend to think about and talk about belief these days. This is a description of how Jesus lived 
and loved. And it doesn't ask me to somehow believe correctly in order to have eternal life or to flourish and not perish. It doesn't point me toward a creed or a dogma. It points straight to the heart of the matter, how to live an inspired life, a life open to the Spirit as she moves through the world and leads us in the direction of love. Now, through the stories uh, that we've been hearing in, in our Lenten readings, uh, we've been following Jesus as he's made his way through the countryside, healing, feeding people, teaching his friends and anyone who would listen about the way of love. We followed a winding path to Jerusalem where, according to our story, he arrived on what we call Palm Sunday now and was greeted and hailed as a king riding on a donkey. And that was Jesus doing what he did best, defying everyone's expectations at every turn, astounding and threatening the religious powers of the day, turning everything upside down so that the last and the least, the weakest and the most hopeless were exalted and brought into their rightful places as beloved of God. And if we take the story of Jesus' journey seriously, and by that I mean if we give our hearts over to the story and take the journey with him, we find ourselves on this evening in a room with Jesus and his friends, eating a meal. Perhaps we're still excited about our glorious arrival into Jerusalem, about the success we've experienced upon entering the holy city where our friend and our leader was received as the king of the Jews. We have no idea of what's coming next because really, who knows what the future, even the near future, like tomorrow or even the nearer future, like tonight, might bring. But human beings that we are, we've got our expectations, hopes and fears, and here we are in the room with Jesus. What comes next? Well, we know the story. And since you're here in this room tonight, you already know how the story goes. We've gathered here tonight because this story means so much to us. My point is that we, unlike Jesus' friends who were there with him that night, we know what's coming. Jesus will wash their feet and give them a new commandment. Let's try to forget that for a moment and just be there with them in this room. As Jesus removes his robe, wraps a towel around his waist, pours water into a bowl as a servant would, and begins to wash their feet. This is not a grand gesture. It's a simple, loving, humble, and remarkable gesture. Their rabbi, 
their teacher, their leader, the son of God, the king of the Jews, is about to wash their feet. This is, just isn't right. In fact, it's scandalous. And that's why Peter says, you will never wash my feet. It just isn't done. And of course, that's exactly what Jesus does. On his next to last night on earth, he washes his friend's feet. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now tonight, we're going to wash each other's feet. It's a strange and wonderful ritual that takes us back in time to that night before the Passover, to that room where Jesus demonstrated the way of love to his own. And that's not quite right, though. Because the actions that we take, the words that we say in our rituals here in church are meant to connect us to an experience that is so meaningful and so powerful that somehow it exists not only in the past, but in the present in this room tonight. Our rituals, when we let them, take us outside of time in, a, in some mysterious way, if we can give ourselves over to the ritual, like a baptism or communion, which we will also do tonight, or a foot washing. And this works in the same way if we give our hearts over to the story of Holy Week. We can, for a little while anyway, be set free from the digital clock, from the calendar on our cell phone, from the scheduled time that we rely on to keep our lives manageable, time that structures our lives and in some ways cages us in. And these ritualistic acts that are so important in our lives together as a church, in them we are freed up in a way that's hard or maybe even impossible to make rational sense of. But it is in these moments, again, if we can give our hearts over to them, that we are expanded and opened. Now, let's be honest, it may not happen for us every time, but it happens often enough and with enough power that we keep coming back for more. And that's why we're here together in this room tonight, to have our feet bathed in love and to bathe each other's feet in love. Well, we can push back on this notion, right? Peter did. And that seems to be a very human response when unexpected, scandalous love is offered to us, free of charge, no strings attached. We can say, this can't be right. It defies everything I've been taught, everything that I've learned, everything that I hold dear. I've got to earn my way through this world. I get what I deserve. I've even got to earn my way into heaven whether by having right belief or by following the rules that have been laid down. Somehow we've learned that nothing good comes for free. But no, Jesus says, not tonight. 
tonight there's only one rule that matters, and I just showed you the bounds of that rule. It is boundless because it's not man-made. And it's simple, really. Simple but not easy. This is the only rule. This is what I want to tell you as the end of my earthly life is very near. So listen up. This is urgent. Love one another as I have loved you. I just showed you what it looked like. You must take off that robe, whatever robe it is that you wear, be it the robe of a teacher or a parent, a business person, a son, a daughter, a priest. We've all got a robe that we wear, several robes actually, most of us, and they're the roles that we play in this world. They show who we think we are, and they protect us, but they are not our essence. Jesus tells us on this Maundy Thursday to take off our robes, tie a towel around our waist, and get right down there in it and care for one another. That's how we will be known as his followers. So far, we've followed Jesus into this room tonight. Tomorrow, we will follow him to Golgotha and the cross and the tomb and all the way through into Easter. So I'm going to leave us tonight with those two questions that I started with. If you knew you were about to die, what would you tell the people who you love? If you knew on the night before your death that you were leaving behind the people that meant the most to you, that shared your joys and heartaches in your brief journey on earth, what would you do for them? Amen.